0: Well, hello everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Voorst, and I'm your host for the show, and one of the pastors at Life Church. And uh, I'm excited to bring to you a new episode. This is a, a sermon, actually, from our New Life Sunday. And I got to apologize; the sound is just a little bit off because it was outside. Uh, we met together outside. There was a lot of people for two different services. And this is one of the services where uh, Pastor Nathan preached. And then we baptized a handful of people. Uh, It was an incredible experience to be together again in person. Uh, Even if you were watching online, uh, it still just felt like we were a church again, that we were the body of Christ uh, close together, even though there was social distancing and masks, um, it just still felt good. Uh, to be together. And so uh, just know that we're praying for you. If you weren't able to be with us and you're not quite there yet, we understand. Uh, we recognize that. Uh, but just know that God is moving in our midst. And when we can see one another, we can see how God is moving, uh, it's good. And so if you would like to give to that effort, to give to the work that we get to be a part of, I want to encourage you to go to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. And there's all kinds of information for how you can go ahead and contribute to Life Church. Uh, but for right now, uh, again, we're going to be listening to Pastor Nathan. The sound is not the greatest, so I apologize for that. Uh, but we hope you enjoy, and, uh, and we hope you are encouraged in your day. Uh, be blessed.
1: Welcome, everybody. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you online as well. I want to welcome everybody. And this is a new season, uh, something that is different. I think we've all experienced a lot of different lately, but God is good. And returning to Him is all about this morning. It's all about what we're going to do here. We say that we're driven by new life. If you get into our building, it's on our wall. What does that mean? It means that we celebrate what God has done what he is doing and what he will do. Because when God shows up, things have life breathed into it. If you're ready to have some life breathed into you right now, uh, why don't you clap your hands? Okay. We're right. good. Good. You know, gonna ramp, okay? So the goal is by the time we get the baptisms for people to be like losing their minds. Okay, so we'll we'll build that way. We'll build that way. We're glad that you are here. Um, you know I'm excited for this because we're doing baptisms. It's going to be incredible, it already has been, but I'm also excited because next week we're going to start a meeting in person and those who are comfortable are going to come. We're going to continue to do the digital offering and try to do even better and better at that, but it's a new season, a new moment, and it feels like something is shifting in my soul and in my heart that we are moving to something new and I hope that you feel that way as well. Because I would say that the last five months have been some of the most challenging months of my entire life. I know they've been the hardest years, or years, they've been months, (laughs) felt like years, of ministry I've ever had. Struggle. I feel for most of us, we've been going through a wilderness, a desert experience. And I feel like leading through the desert experience, not knowing how long the desert will be or what it will look like, has brought me to my knees more in these five months and the last five years combined. Moments that are on my knees, not just begging for God to show up, but coming kind of to the end of myself, in pain, um, frustrated. In fact, I've never felt more reliant on God than ever before, and while that's a good place to be, it's also a hard place to be. The pain and suffering of our church in regards to issues of politics and social justice, in regards to uh, finances and, and not having jobs anymore, in regards to COVID and the fear that is there, it's been so easy to disconnect or detach. Jared had a great, Pastor Jared had a great sermon about detachment and attaching and connecting together in God. But it really does feel like a lot of us have come to the end of ourselves. Anyone feel like 2020 was stolen from them? Like you're going to have a year called 2020 and now it's gone? Anyone, just me, raise your hand. I hope you can raise your hand, yeah. I think 2020 is gonna become like the way you diss something that's terrible in the future. Like in 2030 when the Browns still can't make it to the playoffs or the Lions or whoever, right? They're gonna be like, wow, they really 2020 that season. I think like, it's funny, right? But it's not funny right now, it's difficult. Some of us, we've lost our college or high school graduation. We lost it. We got it, but it's not the same. Those moments. Some of us, we've had to reschedule weddings so they're not going to look the same anymore. We've lost the vacations we've been saving up for. We've lost the school year we thought we would have. Now we all have to figure out how to love our kids in school in a different way. The job may be gone, or you have been furloughed, or whatever. It's gone. That's days. It's difficult. Not only that, our world is in turmoil. We are in the most divided we've ever been. It's so hard to feel connected to people. I was gonna preach, and I am still gonna preach in Genesis on a man named Jacob. And while I was preparing a different man named Jacob, Jacob Blake was shot in the back in front of his children this week seven times. And then what followed is during a protest, some people were killed by a teenager with a gun. Wherever you stand on that, my heart aches as I see hatred pouring into every area of my life, church, home, everywhere I look, our world, we're in a place where there's so much hurt and so much anger and so much grieving that we can't even grieve very well because we're on to the next thing that is confusing or difficult or hard. My question to you today, the one question I want you to answer, how are you doing? How are you doing emotionally? Because I'm going to be honest, I'm a bit of a wreck up here. I'm a bit of a wreck standing up here looking at you. I love seeing your faces. I love seeing you. But I'm a bit of a wreck emotionally. Maybe you're not, but most of us have had this difficult, difficult season. And I want to speak about Jacob. Jacob in the Bible, a different man, but a man who was chosen by God imperfect at times, devious, a man who did his fair share of wrongs, and yet God still used him. He lied about being married and gave his wife to another man. That's not being a good husband. He's at times a bad father, and when we join him, he, is a, he had just stolen the entire inheritance from his older brother and is running for his life. He is going out into the desert, into the wilderness, when he has nothing. And many of us feel like we're in the wilderness right now, and I think that the Word of God has something for us. Emotionally, he has left everything behind. What might he be feeling? Jacob, we're going to pick up when he had an encounter with God. And this morning more than anything is about you encountering God, encountering Jesus, experiencing his presence, being with him. And so I hope that's what you're here to experience, to experience the God of the universe who wants to speak to you in the midst of the turmoil that you are feeling and bring joy because today is also about joy. So he lays his head down, and he he gets on a pillow. Like, he uses a rock for a pillow. It's not really a pillow. It's a rock. And he puts his head on it, and he falls asleep, and he has this vision. And he sees God up in heaven in this staircase, Jacob's ladder. And you see these angels coming up and down, and the glory is overwhelming him. And then God speaks to Jacob and says, I am the Lord, and I will be with you wherever you go. And I will make your descendants more than you can possibly imagine. And he wakes up from this experience in Genesis 28, verse 16. It says this, When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid. And he said, How awesome is this place. There is none other, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So no matter where you're at, online, or in person, or out in the cars, right now, no matter where you're at, God wants to have an encounter with you, and recognizing the presence of God is crucial to our faith. We're going to find out how important it is for us to celebrate what God is doing. How awesome is this place? How awesome is this place? You know, the pandemic was difficult, well, there's an individual here who's getting baptized today. I will tell you just... A a hair of the, uh, that person's story. But they met someone online and started doing some Bible studies and then they started watching the, the service online and then they gave their life to Jesus during the service and this interaction. And, and then they got into a small group and started to interact and then they realized that they wanted to get baptized. And so today that they're getting baptized. But here's the crazy part, they've never been here before, but even crazier, The first time that they will step onto this ground, the first time that they will meet the people in their small group is today. That's good. One more thing. This person lives in New York. And we're excited that they're here. I'm not going to embarrass him or anything like that. But God is good, and he's moving, and he's doing some good things, and we need to celebrate it. We need to get excited about it. The God of the universe that he would want to commune with us and show up in the midst of one of the worst things that many of us have ever experienced just shows how merciful and loving he is. And even though we're small and tiny, he wants to know you. So much so that he sent his son to die for you. The God of the universe wants to commune with us. So let's go back to Jacob. I don't want to get too far. Verse 18. So he has this experience, and early the next morning, Jacob took the stone, you know, that rock that he called a pillow, he had placed under his head, and he set up a pillar, and then he poured oil all over it. That's kind of an odd thing to do. What's going on here? Well, stacking rocks, making a, pillia- a pillar, a monument, was a huge part of the culture back then. It was like saying, hey, something big happened here. I'm going to put a bunch of rocks up here, and then I'm going to remember. And it's going to be a place that I can return to and remember what happened here. And then he poured oil over. Over what was that? Well, oil was used for consecration. It was the most valuable liquid there was back then. And he didn't take much with him. He stole the inheritance, but he didn't actually take that with him. Esau kept it. It's a long story. You'll find out more about it. But he didn't take anything with him. And what he had was the most precious liquid he had that maybe he could trade for something. And instead, he used it to consecrate this pile of stones, a pillar. Why? Because pillars are reminders of who God is and putting something precious on it reminds him of how precious God is. In verse 19, he says this. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Now, why is that important? L, that means the house of God. He called that place the house of God. He said, God is in this place. Verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey I'm taking will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and of all that you give me I will give you a tenth. Jacob consecrated his life with a pillar and a promise. He consecrated his life with a pillar and a promise. And this is what I want for you today. I want you to set up a pillar of faith and experience the presence of God. I want you to be like Jacob. I want you to put something in the ground and say, this is where I stand. And then I want you to make a promise. I want you to pour your life out onto it to see what God can do and you will experience the presence of God. A response. And those that are getting baptized today, You're setting up a pillar today. See, baptism is a pillar. It's a promise. It's a moment. You've done the hard work. You've written your testimonies. You've put it together. You're going to share that with us. You're going to put a line in the sand and say, this is who I belong to and what I'm going to do. You said, God, you're my Lord. You're my leader. I'm going to live my life for you. You are putting a pillar And the sand and incredible things are going to happen. It's a consecration. It's a dedication. It's something that changes who you are fundamentally. Because you can't move forward. It's a bookend. Something has closed. Something has begun. But it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be more of a faith walk. That was Daniel's if you don't like that one. Pastor Daniel came up with that one. I'd like to go out. Because it's a walk where you have to work out your faith. It's not the culmination, it's the beginning of something new, just like it was for Jacob. It's a pillar, and then there's a promise. See, Jacob made some changes to his life, and you might need to do that as well. You might need to take what you have going on in your life and say, maybe I need to reevaluate what I'm doing because I need to follow God. If God's going to be with me wherever I go, then I need to make sure I always put him first in my mind. I'm excited and proud of you that you're getting baptized today. Because I know the story that comes next. I know what the ending of that story is. Is that God gets the glory. That God is made big. And when we are made small, he is made big. So I'm excited for you. Jacob, from this moment, after he set his pillar and promise, he went on and he saw some stuff. He had to leave everything behind, left his family alone, isolation. He fell in love, which is incredible. And then he worked seven years to be able to marry his love and was given her older sister in a trick. And so then he married the younger sister but had to work another seven years, so now he's paid 14 years of work of his life. 14 years to get a family that was less than ideal, to have people infighting and difficulties and issues that went on forever and ever. Like that's what happened next. He got taken advantage of and eventually he had to trick his uncle and run away. And he had to return. He had no choice. He had to return to his brother who wanted to kill him. He made right with his brother. And then he wrestled with God. And he wrestled with God alone. He actually literally wrestled with the angel of God. He wouldn't let him go. And then eventually he's like, let him go, let him go. And he goes, no, I won't let you go. And so the angel reaches down and just touches him on the hip and dislocates it and messes it up. See, he walks with a limp. Don't you know that when you wrestle with God sometimes you walk away with a limp? But in general, for all of us, who here is limping? Anyone feel like they're limping through this? You want to raise your hand? Go ahead. It's okay. You're limping a little bit. Some of you actually are limping. Some of you are emotionally limping. You're spiritually limping. You're working through depression. You're working through what this life looks like now that everything is different. And yet, God has been with him in every single moment. See, baptism is a pillar. It's a monument. And for some of you, you need to get baptized today. Maybe you haven't been baptized before, but we're ready for you. We have all the things that you would need, including clothes, to get baptized. We prepare for it. We set aside time for it. These people, they have prepared themselves. But some of you, it's your moment. It's your moment where you encounter God and you're like, no, I, I can't move on from this place without putting a pillar down and consecrating myself, and today you might need to get baptized. So Jacob's life was hard. God wasn't done with him yet, and your life might be very difficult right now, but God's not done with you yet. In verse 30, or chapter 35, verse 1 says this, Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel, remember the house of God, and settle there. Build an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and all those who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, and purify yourselves, and change your clothes. We're going to Bethel. We're going back to where I came from. God had something new for Jacob, and he has something new for you. So he takes him back to when Jacob has nothing to remind him, see this pillar, I was with you, and I held this all together, and I want you to set up another pillar. He's preparing Jacob for the plans that are next, and God is preparing you. But sometimes it feels like we got to get taken back to nothing, taken back to basics. It feels a little bit like COVID. Getting us back to basics, unfortunately. Taking us to a place we don't necessarily want to be. Feels a bit like our country getting turned over in turmoil. And nothing seems to be good anymore. Feels sometimes even like our church. Like there's confusion and issues. And yet, and yet, God is doing something in the midst of our brokenness. In the midst of it. To lead that. See, I believe that suffering is part of the process that God used to strip everything away in your life that is going to get in the way of what he wants to do in and through you in the next season. The question is, will you listen to it, will you receive it, or will you resist it? God wants you to remind you of who he is. He does that in two things right there. He says, get rid of the foreign gods you have and purify yourselves, change your clothes. We'll get to that in a moment because some of us, we need to, to get rid of some idols in our lives some foreign gods. We need to purify ourselves and clothe ourselves in righteousness again. Let's continue on. Verse, or chapter three or 35, verse 3. Then come, let us go up to Bethel where I will build an altar to God, another pillar, another monument, who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. Like bookends on an experience of his life, He is setting up another pillar, saying, this is where I started. I went through all of this, and now I'm coming back, and this is going to bookend. it. you know, bookends are really helpful if you don't have anything to lean against. You have a bunch of books just falling over. It doesn't make sense, but when you put them together and put bookends on it, all of a sudden it has order, and you can see what's going on. And I look at our pandemic as kind of like the messy in-between. In fact, one of the last services we had was a new life weekend. We got together and baptized and said, this is what we're about. We are about new life and encountering Jesus. This is who we are. And then the pandemic happened. So I knew when we came back, the first thing we needed to do was to do it again. To say, hey, it's time to celebrate. Not what's just happened or that we're back together, but because God is good, we are back together. Because God is worthy, we celebrate. Because God is almighty, that's why we're here. And we are going to make sure that we put a line in the sand and say this is who we are and what we stand for. I think that's a proud moment. We have to remind ourselves of God's goodness or we won't make it through the next thing we have to bind up ourselves and our experiences in God's promise and who he is. We have to set these pillars of faith so that we can lean against them, so we can put our hand on them when we're falling apart, so when we're tired and we're weary and we don't want to do this anymore and we don't want to have another conversation and we don't want to have to deal with the hurt and the pain of watching people suffer and die, we have to have something to lean on. That's what it means. To be baptized and that's what it means to put down a line in the sand and place a pillar and a promise and that's what i want for you more than anything else because it is a place of security and safety not in what's going on around us but that god is good and so we have to put our hands somewhere we got to lean on something and everything in our life seems to have fallen over except god some of you will need a pillar of faith for the next season Without Jesus, there's nothing, and so for many of you, many of you, it's time to accept Jesus. I talked about the house of God, Bethel. We're going back to the house of God, Bethel, or Bet-El, the house of God. See, back then, there was places, and God promised to go with only certain people, but something's changed. Because of Jesus Christ, we have been transformed Because of Him, we can have a relationship with God again. He died for us, He covered us, He paid for us, and because of that, we get to know God again. So instead of having to go to the house of God, we become the house of God because He spends His Spirit inside of us. So we take Him wherever we go. Don't you want to take God with you into the next season? Some of you need to follow Jesus for the first time to acknowledge that he died for you and saved you, and follow him. Some of you will then need to get baptized today. There's someone in here, out here right now, that God's moving in your heart. Or maybe online, you need to sign up to be baptized. Maybe you need to come and get baptized today. We're ready for you. But some of you need to make some promises, to set up some new pillars to rely on the power of God by following Jacob's example. Back in 28, Jacob recognized that God was in control, and he mirrored the response that God had to him. He said, I will be with you. I will take care of you. I'll be with you. He says, okay, fine. Here's a pillar. Here's my promise. If you do this, you will be my God. I will worship you, and I will give you a tenth of everything that I have. Some of you need to follow that example. You need to start to worship God with your money to put your reliance on Him, to to recognize that He's Lord of your life and start giving 10% to God and what He is doing. See, you are now the house of God. You are Him. He is in you and moving through you. And no matter what happens, if we put our faith in Him, we'll have something to lean on. So others, you need to remove the idols. Jacob actually took all those idols that his wives and children and all the people around him gave him and he took them and he went and he hid them. And he like buried them under a tree and so that no one could find them. And for some of us we need to get rid of some of the idols in our life and that might be some kind of entertainment that's sapping all of what you have. Maybe it's some goals that you have that actually aren't God's goals for you. They're just something that will make you feel important. Maybe it's, it's the security you need to know that everything's okay. Maybe it's your way. Having your way as an idol, being right is an idol. It can go on and on and on because we are fickle people. And instead of looking at God over and over again, we keep looking around us for things to make sense and find comfort in that. That's why we need these pillars. Do you think God needed to be reminded of his faithfulness? No. We needed to be reminded of God's faithfulness. We need it now, so we have to remove those things. I don't know what that means for you. But think of the thing that you value more than anything else that makes you feel like everything's going to be okay. And if that thing isn't God, it is your God. It's an idol. Some of us need to wrestle with God like Jacob did. Jacob went to, to and wrestled with the angel and wouldn't let go until he blessed him. And for some of us we've got some issues in our minds that we're struggling with. Whether it's things that we see in the media, justice, things that we are disturbed to our very spirit about or things that people want us to to start you know exploring but we don't want to or maybe it's like a death of a family member or a sickness that we're like God, why did you do this to me? Why did this happen? You know it's okay to wrestle with God. I mean, you're never going to like beat God. He's God but he wants you to wrestle with him and in that he's gonna show up and even if we walk away living from God, he blesses us when we go to him with the difficult things and don't give up on challenging ourselves and challenging our understanding of the world. And finally, obedience. Jacob was obedient. This one's hard. I'm gonna be honest, for us as Americans, we don't like to be told what to do. Does anyone here like to be told what to do? Not one hand went up. I am shocked. But God often tells us what to do in his word. He tells us what to do in our spirits when we pray. And yet we choose to be disobedient. But Jacob was not. And in that, he sets up pillars in his life for what comes next. Let me finish by saying this. More than anything, I want for you to set up a pillar today so that you have something to lean on because what comes next, I don't know. This is 2020. It could literally be anything at this point that comes next. But what I do know is that God knows what's happening next and he will be with you wherever you go. It's us who get lost, it's us who lose sight. And setting these things down and making promises and disciplining ourselves and dedicating ourselves doesn't earn anything from God. It positions us to be supported by Him and loved by Him and used by Him. I want you to be the house of God, to have His presence wherever you go, whether that's into furlough or failed marriages or being fired, whether that's into a death. Maybe a death of a relationship, a death of a friendship, or maybe it's, it's the death of a loved one. Whatever comes next, God knows it, and He wants you to have something to look back on, to lean on when you're losing sight. So I want to tell you one more thing. God promised He would bring him back to this place of God. And I want you to know that God will bring you back. He'll bring you back no matter how far you've gone. He'll bring you back. He'll bring you back to the place where His presence is greater. So here's my action steps for you. We've talked about them already, but let me reiterate. I want you to set up some pillars. Some of you need to accept Jesus as Lord and leader of your life. I'm going to have an opportunity for you to do that in just a moment. Some of you need to get baptized today, right now. There's going to be a moment for you to do that during the next song. Um, when we're, You we can go down and talk to Rich. And Daniel will hear more about that later. Some of you need to remove some idols from your life. And maybe that's a short-term thing. Like, you know what? I've been relying on this one TV show or thing to make me feel okay every day. And you need to wrestle with those emotions. And you need to set that aside for a month and turn to God and see what he has for you. Some of you need to give, and that might be an idol in itself, money. Money. Some of you need to start to dedicate your life by tithing. Others need to wrestle with God on deep issues that you're being challenged on, that you just want to walk away from the conversation, push back from the table, and not have to deal with it anymore. And God's saying, no, come to me with this and wrestle with me in this and see if you don't go away blessed by who I am. Finally, there are those who need to obey. And as I was praying over this one, I felt just God saying that there's some people, I've told them what they need to do. They just need to do it. You know that God has empowered you to do that? Empowered you to go after that. God is in this place. How awesome is this place? We take a moment and dedicate ourselves to what God wants to do next. Would you close your eyes? For those who want to follow Jesus, that first step, accept Jesus, it's time to do that. And in this posture of recognition of who God is, just opening your hands, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. A prayer is just talking to God. He's with you. He's with us. He's in this moment. He's timeless. No matter when you're watching this or hearing this, He is with you. But He wants to have a relationship with you, and there's only one way for that to happen. There's one way. That's through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ But we need to follow him to do that So pray this out loud Or in your heart Make this your own conversation with God Say something like this God I am broken God I need someone to rescue me I know I can't do this on my own So I pray that you would Show me in this moment how I can serve Jesus. I believe Jesus has died for me, made me clean, so that I can know you, God, so that I can be a house of God. So I accept Jesus. I will follow him. I will do as he did. I will tell people about him, and I will put a pillar down And a promise that if you will be with me, I will follow you into eternity. Follow you into this new eternal life that I have found because you first found me. Amen. You made a decision to follow Jesus. We want to know about it whether it's on the connect card, online, lifechurchcamp.org. Slash now, you can fill out a connect card. Maybe you want to sign up for baptism. If you made a decision and you're out here with me right now to follow Jesus, it's time for you to get baptized. We encourage you to come over here to Pastor Daniel and Pastor Rich in just a moment to get baptized. Um, And I'm excited for this new life that you have found. Now, I want to hear stories of new life. Anyone else want to hear some stories of new life? Let me get out of the way. It's time to do some baptisms.